Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. the junkyard Dogcast, everybody i'm jake rowe with dogs 24 7 and with me are kip adams and rusty mansell of dogs 24 7 and uh we're gonna get into that georgia offense today we're gonna get into jt daniels and we're gonna get into the receiver position the running backs and the skill guys coming back and and the question marks and all of that because spring practice is 11 days away and next week we want to talk about some of our pre-spring storylines and position battles and things of that nature but if we do that before, you know, if we try to lump what we're going to talk about today, which is JT Daniels and offense heavy stuff, that's going to take up all the show if we take if we try to talk about it next week. So we're going to go ahead and, and, and in, in, in essence, get a little bit of that out of the way so that it doesn't dominate and we're able to get to the entire picture next week and uh, and talk about that. And then we've got some recruiting stuff for you there here at the end of the show but guys I've, I've had something kind of been on my mind and, and, and it's something that we haven't talked about and, and a lot of times when we talk about things on the podcast whether it's via text or direct message or, or however we communicate with each other we've often had a chance to kind of go over it I don't know how you guys feel about this particular thing I'm going to ask you and, and I'm interested to see what you say we're a couple two or three months removed from the end I guess a couple months removed from the end of the 2020 season JT Daniels came on at the end of the year. He started four games. He threw for over 307 yards per game. The big plays went up. The the turnovers went down. Um, he did some good things, and there's reason for excitement. But, Rusty, now that you've had an opportunity to kind of digest that, break that down, think about it, what are your thoughts on JT Daniels? Is it a situation where – you're pretty fired up and you think Georgia's got its quarterback or, or, or is it a situation where you still want to see a little bit more? How, break that down for me. I think a little bit of both there. I think Georgia has got their quarterback, but obviously, you know, you want to see him to continue to progress. Um, you know, I'll play both sides of the fence here. The average Georgia fan, average college football fan, the guys that cover the teams day to day, Jake, you know, two guys like you, the back half of that Georgia schedule wasn't close to the front half of that schedule. Okay. And let's just be honest with the teams they played in that first half versus the teams that JT Daniels played. Now, he played a really good, very talented, very motivated team against Cincinnati. So that game is the one I like to digest more looking forward with him. I know as in time, he's getting more healthy. 
He's getting an off season. He's getting a spring practice. Everything you hear about this kid is how smart he is. You want to be able to see that mobility a little bit more. Uh, but I'll tell you this, what I like about JT Daniels the most is he gives his guys a chance. And there were some balls that, that quite frankly, probably didn't deserve to be caught, but he threw them to his guy and said, my guy is going to make a play. And you have to do that in college football. Those guys have to make plays on the edge for you. He gave his guys a chance. I think a couple of times, three or four times maybe, you know, he underthrew some deep balls or some guys that run past them, and it probably should have been touchdowns. Uh, it was likely a completion, but no yards after catch or it was incomplete pass. So being picky, you want to see him uh, keep progressing, specifically more on that deep ball. Uh, but the sample size I have of him and knowing that he is going to get better, he's going to get more healthy, he's going to have another year in the system, He's going to know these kids. They're going to spend time together in the offseason. I think if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan and this quarterback position is a – I don't know if there's another position in college football that's more talked about than the quarterback room at the University of Georgia the last five or six years. I don't care who you're a fan of. You paid attention. You had an opinion on how everything played out. Uh, if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan, I think you're really excited about having a guy like JT Daniels back with the weapons around him and experience and getting more healthy and getting back to 100%. Kip, what's your take on that? Basically the exact same thing I asked Rusty. I mean, is it Georgia's got its guy, or is it you want to see more, or do you have your doubts? Kind of where do you stand? It's more of, a, I guess, a spectrum than it is, you know, trying to take a side or one side or another. It's not really a polarizing topic for a lot of people. But where do you stand on that spectrum? I mean, I think it's pretty clear that JT did enough in his four games at the end of last year to kind of quiet any debate on whether or not he's Georgia's starting quarterback this year. Uh, whether he can, you know, raise his level of play to where he can be, you know, that premier quarterback that, that can lead Georgia's offense to the college football playoff. I mean, obviously that remains to be seen, and that's that's – still going to be a question mark until he is able to get that done against elite competition. I think that's the one thing. I mean, those numbers from last year are a little misleading. I mean, no offense to the Mississippi States, the Missouris of the world, but those are not the type of defenses that you're going to see when you're playing potentially for an SEC East division, you know, SEC championship and the playoff you're going to play better teams and and so I mean you look at the you know kind of the Cincinnati game they were able to kind of give him some different looks and and frustrate him a little bit he wasn't as as efficient but at the same time he did show that as far as stretching the field and and spreading the ball around he brings something different to the table than Georgia's had in a while I, I think he was kind of lucky you know, in those four games that he didn't have more passes picked off, to be honest. And and like Rusty said, a couple of his throws didn't really have, you know, the velocity, uh, a little bit too much air under him than, than what you would want. That actually kept Georgia from being more explosive offensively. It kind of turned some, some touchdowns into first downs, really. So I think that we need to see 
if JT's continued to progress physically from from that recovery, if he's gotten closer and back to full strength, and and what that actually looks like, you know, what can JT do as far as stretching the field? Where where is his ceiling as far as that vertical uh, passing game? It you know can be and. I mean, the one thing is, is that Georgia fans have, have wanted that, that offense to be ahead of the defense. And I think Kirby Smart said that. He's, you know, I mean, he basically said that during his time with, with the media is that the offense is ahead of the defense. And we have not been able to say that in the five previous years that, that Kirby Smart's been the head coach. So this is setting up to be a different year for Georgia. What that means exactly, we, we don't know. We know that offenses leading defense I mean offensive heavy teams have been the ones that for the most part have been able to to really take over college football and, and win you know those important games at the end of the season so I think as long as JT and Todd Monken are on the same page they have a plan uh, the, the sky is the limit and building on that explosiveness that you saw last year should be the primary objective. I, I and I think that if anyone can do it, I, I think JT's up for the job. It's just something that uh, we have to see moving forward. The lone exception, I think, of and and it's a good thing when the last time I ever heard Kirby Smart say that the offense was ahead of the defense was in the spring prior to the 2017 season. Uh, everybody was worried about the offensive line and whether or not it could get it done because. You know, Isaiah Wynn was moving from left guard to left tackle, and Kendall Baker was coming in at left guard, and I think Pat Allen was playing a lot of left guard, and Lamont Gilliard was at center, and that was his – I want to say it was his first year. Uh, yeah, it was his first year at center because he had started at right guard the year before, and, uh, you know, Andrew Thomas wasn't around at right tackle, but but Georgia was making do, and Georgia was running the ball all over the defense, and he was actually – Kirby was actually pretty frustrated with that a couple times in press conferences after practice. And uh, I, that ended up turning out well, even though so many things changed. Andrew Thomas arrived later on. Kendall Baker took over for Pat Allen at left guard. Um, you know, they even had a change at right guard during the season. Jacob Eason was the quarterback. It ended up being Jake Fromm. So much changed. But it was it was a good omen for that season. It was a good uh, result for them to kind of have that going. So, um, you know, I think we'll probably hear more about that uh, as far as the passing game goes because of all those weapons. We're giving those weapons in a little bit. But uh, one of the things that, that you know, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine who's a high school coach here recently, and we were talking about JT Daniels. And this guy follows Georgia football, follows all of college football, a big-time Clemson guy. And, and he was talking about, you know, how JT Daniels – as a quarterback, you're coming in, you're trying to make your mark. You're probably a little bit rusty, but but the and the the rust wasn't as big a factor in his opinion as making sure his guys had an opportunity to catch the ball. And so I went back and I looked and I watched kind of some cutups and and some things I had time stamped and highlighted from from JT Daniels games. And one of the things I noticed was that there were a lot of underthrows. And, and I think, you know, you guys talk about more air under the ball and things like that. The only ball he over, really overthrew all year long that, that I – or in his four starts that I can really remember was the deep shot to George Pickens in the in the uh, Peach Bowl and, and Pickens bailed him out with the diving catch. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's definitely more meat left on the bone for George's offense. You start hitting some of those deep shots in stride. 
Uh, he really only did that once. I was against Mississippi State against a cover three type look where he probably shouldn't even have gone deep with it, but the throw was so good that it beat the coverage. Um, but, but you know, when, when I say is JT Daniels Georgia's guy, I, I mean, I know he's Georgia's starting quarterback. If it, I mean, I would bet you my house and my kids' college tuition that, that he's going to be Georgia's starting quarterback. But Bill Conley of ESPN, Rusty, put out this article yesterday that talked about JT Daniels, first name Bill Conley mentioned as kind of a Mac Jones-like come out of nowhere to be a big-time quarterback. And I don't want to put those expectations on anybody, but do you see, do you see the potential for that kind of season? Not necessarily exactly what Mac Jones did, not necessarily saying you expect it, but do you see the potential for him to have that kind of impact on this offense? Um, he, he very well could. Uh, he's got pieces around him. You know, he's going to – the left tackle spot, protection, timing, that type of thing. JT Daniels is a grown man. I mean, he's been around this a long time. He's been in a the – he's a high-profile high school recruit. So, uh, everything I've heard is this a very, very mature, um, you know, extremely high-football intelligent kid. So, he knows what's at stake. He's going to do what he needs to do in the offseason. He's got weapons. When you go into the season, when you've got all these, what, seven returning starters, you've got running backs back, you've got, you know, reps, this, that, you've started, you've won big games. All of the preseason stuff, I feel like that you have to have checked off to go into a potentially very successful season. He has. He has to go out and make the plays, win the game. It starts with that Clemson game. But when you look at your tool bag, so to speak, and what he's got and what he, the time he's got in the offseason, I think that uh, he's got a very good opportunity to have a very good season at Georgia. And the sky's the limit. You know, if they win the big games, you play in the big games, and it starts – the Clemson game is, is going to be big for JT Daniels and how this season goes because it's going to be the national game of the weekend, kickoff weekend, in my opinion. Uh, all eyes are going to be on that game, and he can really jumpstart his hype. Uh, as you know, most people are talking about Spencer Rattler and, you know, Bryce Young and DJ Ungalele, all those guys. Let's see if he jumps into the mix and he's going to go head-to-head with another California kid in game one. I just hope J.G. Daniels isn't so mature that he doesn't try to pull off the Doc Holliday look for Halloween. <laughs> I believe that. He, he's, I mean, dude, he all he's got to do is get a little sweat on his face. Get him, get him one of those little uh, tin shot glasses in his hand with the with the holder on it, and walk. I mean, it's it's perfect. He's got that look down pat. Uh, Kip, uh, what do you think about that potential? Is it there? It's tough because y- you you look at what Mac Jones had around him. You know, last season, multiple Heisman finalists. Now, does I mean, does Georgia have that kind of talent on the roster? Sure, but I mean, it, it's tough just looking at the pass catchers th- that Mac Jones had last season, and the offensive line play was also just you know out of this world. I mean that that's the kind of expectations you should have for in Georgia's roster, but it, it's just tough for all that to come together like it does. And you know I, the wide receiver room. I mean, I mean he's got the weapons around him. We don't know if they're that level of what you know pass catchers yet 
So it's not just JT that has to kind of have a a further development. I mean, there has to be a maturation process across the board. So it, I mean, it's really about this off season and and just continuing to develop, you know, how much development are they going to be able to have? And again, staying healthy, Uh, you know, the teams that, that win it all usually, I mean, they usually get fairly lucky during the season as far as injuries are concerned. I know that Alabama had Jalen Waddle go down, uh, which was actually just made what Mac Jones did even more impressive. But I think physically, sure. I mean, the, the, he, he's got the skill set. Uh, he's got the ability to see the field. We've seen him spread the ball around really well. I mean, that's the one thing that, that kind of stood out to me from the four games we saw of JT last year is that – I mean, whether he's hitting Darnell Washington or, you know, whether he's hitting Jermaine Burton, I think that he did a great job looking around the whole field. And it was, again, it was spreading the ball around a little bit more than what we'd kind of seen since, I mean, I guess Aaron Murray. And and so that aspect shows a lot of promise and and it gives Todd Monken the ability to, to kind of use the entire playbook. And so yeah, with the guys around him, sure, he can do it. But it's going to take more than just JT Daniels. It's going to take other guys kind of stepping up and emerging as elite playmakers and elite uh, pass protection around him for him to have that. Because, again, it wasn't just Mac Jones. Mac Jones could be a first-round quarterback uh, in this year's NFL draft. But, I mean, the guys around him made him look you know, out of this world as well. And so I think that's what needs to happen really for, for JT to be able to emerge as one of the elite quarterbacks at the end of the season. And as a pure pocket passer, and you hit on this, Rusty hit on this, it's going to start with the offensive line. And uh, Georgia does have three starters back. They've got some flexibility. Jamar Sawyer played left tackle last year. He's a great fallback option and a great, you know, kind of uh, litmus test in a sense, for whoever's trying to take that spot. You know, yeah, if they can outperform Jamari at left tackle, absolutely. They, they jump in and start at that spot. But if they don't, um, then you've got Sawyer to play there as well. So, you know, Georgia has options there. Um, you know, got to figure out the center spot, which is also very key. Um, and then, uh, you know, there, there's a lot to figure out there as well. Uh, second half of the show coming up, uh, we're going to take a break real quick. And uh, we could probably have this thing sponsored by a local armory or something because we're just going to talk about weapons until we get into recruiting. We, which Georgia weapons coming back intrigue us the most? Which ones do we think have the highest upside? Uh, that sort of thing. But we're going to jump into a break here real quick, and that's coming on the other side. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, weapons, weapons, uh, AR-15s, whatever whatever you want to say. Uh, Rusty, I want to know, and obviously Kip, it's coming to you too, what weapon, what receiver, running back, tight end intrigues you the most heading into this spring? It, we may hear something this spring that completely changes it, but which one, Rusty, intrigues you the most? Arian Smith. I mean, our board understands when you play someone like Alabama and you have Jalen Waddle, you have Ruggs, you have Devontae Smith, all these weapons they have had. The common trait of those guys is explosive. I think George Pickens is a massive uh, wide receiver with incredible ball skills. Jermaine Burton is one of the best route runners, great hands. He is going to take two steps forward this year. Arian Smith is the guy in that room that's going to scare the piss out of teams because he can blow by you in a millisecond and it's over. You know, I go back and watch the first probably three quarters of the Alabama-Georgia game because it kind of got out of hand the fourth quarter. And there's so many NFL guys there. I mean, it, it, the one play that I look at with Stokes covering Waddle or Devontae, I think, in the back of the end zone, Mac Jones throws an incredible pass. But I, I, I look at that and say those are three highly, highly rated NFL guys. And the ability to make that catch in coverage with somebody hanging all over you it's just so much pressure on the defense when you're that fast. And it's such – you look at the NFL, man. It's all about speed now. It's so much a fast-paced game. And Georgia, with Arian Smith getting into the fold this year, is really, really intriguing to me because he can make everybody else this game a lot better because at times when they go – and listen, Kiaris, what, what was Kiaris? 10-6, 10-7 guy. So he's not a slouch. So if you think Georgia at times could go Kiaris, uh, Pickens, Burton, and Arian Smith, that right there, if that doesn't make you smile as a Georgia fan, because I'm telling you, Arian Smith can make things a lot different for Georgia because he is elite elite speed and he will have to be accounted for every single play this year when teams play Georgia. All right, I got lucky you didn't take mine, so I'm gonna jump in and go ahead with mine here before I talk before I throw this to Kip. I'm going with Jermaine Burton. Uh because of the things you said about him and another thing that I look back on the 2020 season, I think folks forget how impactful Georgia was limited at quarterback. Stetson Bennett played his tail off. I still think Stetson Bennett can play winning football for you in stretches. Uh, but George was limited at quarterback in that Alabama game. And Jermaine Burton had a really good game. I mean, he was open for most of the night. And that was his fourth college game. I think when you look at the total package, size, good size, not elite, but good. Speed, really good speed. I mean, the, he can run by defenses too. Now, he's not Arian Smith, but he's got football speed and he can get behind you. 
uh, quickness, route running ability, that's there. And I think that's huge because, you know, if, you, if you're looking for a Georgia receiver that can do um, Chris Olave, uh, Devontae Smith type stuff, maybe not be, the, maybe not be a 4-2 or a 4-3 guy, but he's quick and he's fast enough that, that when he runs a deep over route, he can get two steps on you and make it an easy throw for his quarterback. That's Jermaine Burton to me. And I, I like his all-around skill set. Not only that, I like his ability to run after the catch. He bounces off tackles. He breaks tackles. He makes guys miss. Jermaine Burton is the most intriguing weapon for me. I'm intrigued by all the running backs because I think that that Todd Munkin has the 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 weapons at his disposal there to push the right buttons. And if he hits the, if he pushes those right buttons, those correct buttons at a high enough rate. I think that Georgia's going to be great in the backfield because there's so many different skill sets and so many different things that guys do well. You've got a bruiser in Zamir Wyatt, and you've got a versatile weapon there in James Cook. And then, you know, uh, Kendall Milton does it all really well and is a powerful runner that can also make you miss and break tackles. And Kenny McIntosh, great in the past game. Dijon Edwards is another intriguing guy because he just always seems to find himself in space and running the football. I know that was a lot against uh, in mop-up duty against tired defenses last year. But on top of it all, you know, listen, George Pickens is a known commodity, 50-50 ball guy, very physical. He does not have to be open to make a big play against you. Uh, you know, Arian Smith, super fast. Uh, even Demetrius Robertson, I look back at that Florida game, he had a chance to get – he got behind the defense and Dewan Mathis couldn't quite get it to him. Um, you know, Kiaris Jackson, Dominic Blaylock, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, when those latter two are healthy, but to me – Jermaine Burton's the total package. He's the total all-around wide receiver that can beat you in multiple different ways. And 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 I, to me, that is somebody – you saw it, 192 yards uh, against Mississippi State. Thought he was going to end up breaking the school record. I think that he can be the type of guy that may – I think he could, could challenge, come out of nowhere, lead the team in receiving this year. And I know that's saying a lot with – him being the third, but but he's he's just got a lot of room to grow, and I'm really high on his ability. Uh, Kip, who's your guy? Since you guys listed almost everyone conceivable on the offensive roster, luckily I was already thinking about somebody else. The only guy that's really remaining uh, just so happens to be Darnell Washington. I mean, you, you talk about the tight end position, not something that's been heavily featured as far as the stat sheet under Kirby Smart. I mean, I think that you know, if he's averaged what like thirty catches, less than four hundred yards at the at the tight end position overall since since two thousand sixteen, they were under those numbers last year. But you just look at Darnell emerging late in the season, what his presence on the field did for Georgia. I mean, he's there's not a lot of six seven two hundred and sixty pound guys playing tight end out there. There definitely aren't a lot of guys that, that can move like him. I think that when he's on the field, it just changes what you can do offensively, how defenses have to react and, and they have to, they have to put, you know, whether it's two guys over the top, a linebacker and a safety, you know, a nickel and a safety, even then it's still a mismatch for him. So I, I think if you're looking at a player that, Heading into year two, Rusty mentioned and Smith, him being healthy would be huge for Georgia's offense. But this Darnell, I mean, if he's 
You know, if this conditioning continues, he's in year two, he's more comfortable. He knows the offense now. He has chemistry with JT Daniels. Like I said before, JT's been able to spread the fielder and get the ball to, you know, all of his pass catchers, all of his weapons. Darnell's one of the best weapons potentially in the country. It just changes how this whole offense looks. And he's the type of guy that, I mean, if they're trying to key in on him, what about the other guys that we mentioned? Like you said, with Pickens, with Aaron, with, with Jermaine Burton. And at the same time, I mean, he's still, when he puts his mind to it, he's one of the, he can be one of the better blockers out there as well. I mean, that, that quickness for his size, his, his long arms, I mean, that, that's tough to overcome, again, in the run game as well. You know, that aspect that, that really isn't utilized or gets a lot of credit. You know, it's not going to get a lot of press. Him as a pass protector and as a run blocker should help Georgia as well. But I just think in the red zone, you know, an area where Georgia has a lot of room for improvement, I, I think that he can really give JT Daniels a, a great uh, security blanket out there and give them again one of the better passing attacks in the country I'm not going to throw I mean he's not Kyle Pitts but you see what an elite tight end can do for your for your offense and Darnell definitely has that type of potential just overall as far as being able to make an impact overall in, in Georgia's offense heading into year two. I think we covered the the people that the guys that most people are excited to see the most, and it's kind of weird because, you know, the shiny new toy, the 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 guys who have yet to emerge are the ones you really try to talk about. And I mean, obviously, George Pickens is proven, Karis Jackson is proven, Dominic Blaylock, when healthy, is proven, and uh, you know, we we kind of all three skipped over those stalwarts in a way, uh, known commodities to talk about three guys who have tremendous upside. And uh, I think that just goes to speak to the weapons on this team. Um, you know, you've got all those running backs, and then you've got three guys that we didn't even mention, plus the three guys we did mention. And uh, that, uh, th- that goes to show you that, that the weapons are there. They're different than, than probably any of these big-time offenses, than LSU 19 and Alabama 20 and, and all of that, but, but they're there. And, uh, and, and I think all of them are intriguing, but um, I, I would bet that if you polled the Georgia fan base that we would probably at least have hit on three out of the top four, if not three, you know, three out of the top five, if not maybe the top three. Uh, let's talk recruiting for just a second here before we get going. And Rusty, who's, uh, who's making a decision soon? Well, obviously the one you, everybody – well, there's two. Everybody will be watching here. Um, this Michael Williams. I believe on the 15th and then Emmanuel Henderson is coming up very close too. So running back out of Alabama that Dale McGee has really, really recruited hard the last um, year and a half. And, and he's, he's a guy that I know he's very, very coveted in Georgia, but you know, I, I always kind of give my thoughts. I, I personally think Alabama right now, but I know that he had a zoom, I believe on Monday with Georgia. I think he had another zoom last night with his family. So that tells you that this thing is, you know, it's not over, but I, at this point for this podcast, I'll pick one. I'll go with Alabama, not my final choice, but I would lean a little toward Alabama. In my opinion, Michael Williams, big, big deal coming up. Uh, Clemson, USC, Georgia, 
uh, you know, some schools involved there. Most think it's down to Georgia and Clemson. I think Georgia, I have not talked to Mike Hill in probably two weeks. Don't have a pre-write, don't have edit, don't have a video, anything like that. Uh, but I will say right now, I do think it's Georgia um, and for the final pick, but we'll see. I'll change it if I have to, but uh, he, he is a monster, monster um, get for Georgia if they can get him in his class. I'm telling you, this guy can rush the passer, strong with the point attack. I had him at Georgia Elite game, never seen a kid ever get triple teamed. They put a tight end, they put a tackle in front of him, they put an H back, and they, they put a running back over the chip just to try to get a playoff because they literally couldn't run a play sometimes with him uh, blowing by so fast. He was definitely MVP that day. So um, that would be a big get because he can rush the passer. He's a five-technique guy. Uh, to me, he's a little bit bigger, a little bit more twitchier, Malik Heron. Sky high on that kid, personally. I, I love his film. I think he's a really good player. Uh, and Georgia is having a fantastic and absolute awesome defensive line class thus far, and he would definitely add to that. Kip, what's on your radar in recruiting? Yeah, just to add with Michael, I mean, I, I honestly think USC emerged as Georgia's biggest competition. The Trojans trying to battle it out. Uh, Georgia's I mean, uh, Rusty's mentioned recently that USC staff, uh, they are pushing to recruit the state of Georgia hard in this cycle. And, and so I think they're they're trying to, to get back to where they can recruit nationally and, and recruit the recruiting the Peach State, even with all the talent in California, kind of says a lot about just where Georgia is as far as being such a, a rich, you know, talent hotbed in the country. I, I like Georgia here. And as you said, I mean, just Trey Scott, a guy that when he was hired, I mean, people were, were wondering, can can this guy recruit at the level that Georgia is used to recruiting and needs to recruit? And uh, here we are a couple cycles later, and I think his defensive line class could be the strength of of Georgia's, you know, 2022 recruiting class was all said and done, a class that's top three right now, figures to, you know, probably stay that way when all is said and done. It's a position that now, you know, fans are talking about, we might need more spots just for the defensive line. I think that says a lot to where Trey Scott is, to where the defensive line class is as far as just considering Georgia. And, I mean, yeah, you look at the guys, there's plenty of other guys that they're they're in the mix for. And, you know, I think Kristen Miller is a guy that also we're kind of watching. I think he's supposed to announce uh, as of now uh, early April a uh, defensive lineman out of, out of Miller Grove in Georgia. And that's one where Georgia, Florida – Georgia Tech, Ohio State have all been involved as well. I think with Ohio State jumping in, that was another offer he really wanted. You know, it, where where does you know that recruitment go in the next month is kind of something I'm watching, and it would be something if uh, if Trey Scott has his defensive line group, you know, f potentially finished in the spring, and then you know you just hold a spot to see if there's an elite player that you know, that wants to join in and, and you figure that out later. But if he has, you know, four defensive linemen on board in April, I think that's – I mean, that's truly impressive. Four guys that obviously Georgia has very high on their board with Bear Alexander already on board out of, out of Texas, Ty West also from Tiff County on board. You know, keeping that group in the, in the fold would really, really boost Georgia's defense moving forward and – I think that this year and next year's NFL draft, you know, also going to help only just strengthen 
Trey Scott's, you know, ability to recruit because I think that's, you know, that's the one thing he's still, he's still battling with is just getting guys to the NFL. And, and I think that Georgia is set obviously with Jordan Davis and, and some other guys to, to really, really have some future guys playing on Sunday to kind of help him have that extra, you know, recruiting carrot to be able to, to sell at Georgia with all the other things that he's able to sell with the program. So I just think the arrow is definitely pointing up for defensive line uh, recruiting at Georgia. And that's, that's just been one of the, the few positions remaining that, that fans have said, Hey, we, you know, we want the, the five-star guys here as well. I mean, you look at Trevon Walker, that's a guy that figures to, to really have, you know, be set up for some, some big seasons, Jalen Carter as well. I just think the, Again, stock up for Trey Scott and stock up for Georgia's defensive line play and recruiting moving forward. Yeah, as you mentioned, that D-line they've got right now is no slouch, and uh, it's pretty loaded. And we are going to get to that next week when we kind of break down the entire picture uh, as far as spring practice goes. And that's why we we hit on JT Daniels so heavily in the, in the offense and the weapons coming back is because we wanted to be able to – spend the appropriate amount of time on them and other positions going into the spring. Uh, if you're not up to date on this, spring practice begins March 16th, I believe it is. Um, uh, yeah, that's right, March 16th on Tuesday. Georgia will practice Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday uh, every week until G-Day, and uh, it'll be 12 traditional practices, and uh, they'll scrimmage the last three Saturdays of that five-week process. Um, provided everything holds up, we're in uncertain times right now. But uh, um, you know that's that's the plan as of now. And the plan for us is to come back to you next week and uh, give you a full preview. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, that's all we got. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24/7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place. And you all take it easy. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.